Hi, this is Michael Bell. You're listening to TV Confidential. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to self. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in Ed Roberts with a reminder that Joan Van Ark will join us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as they bring us This Week in TV History. And Tony's segment, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly-performing live storytelling ensemble with live shows every Wednesday night at the Art Parlor in Valley Village. For more information, go to storysalon.com or facebook.com forward slash Story Salon, what do you have for us tonight? February 24th, 1980, The Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? One of Al Michaels' shining moments as a broadcaster. Yeah, this is, I mean, so much time has passed, and now it is, you know, something that I'm sure is brought up every time we have a Winter Olympics. Uh, But if you were there at the time, this was a big deal. Deal. Well, no, because forget the game elements. Just yeah. Because we talk a lot about context. You factor in all of the, it was still the last vestiges of the Cold War, and Reagan was president, so you had. No, no, no. Carter was president. That's right. Carter was president. Because remember, this was when this. This is 1980. That's right. This this is is 1980. So when this was playing out, and I'm going more off of memory than anything else. This is playing out. We had already decided to pull out. Pull out. This was already, you know, unless the Russians pulled out of Afghanistan. So you look at today. That's what I was getting at, because you had the fact that we had pulled out of the Olympics. And uh, so, uh, and and again, this is back in the day when Russia was. This evil empire. Russia was the evil empire, right. Uh, The Russians, but they invaded Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy Carter said that, you know, we are not going to the Moscow Olympics in the summer. Which was probably one of what, one of several decisions that cost him any chance at re-election. Yes. But, yes. you know, you understood why he did it, you know. So. And uh, just before, in November, it was, yeah, it'd be November, the hostages were taken. Mm-hmm. So we already were having uh, the Iranian hostage crisis. Uh, Nightline would open, this is day, and whatever number it was. So that was already playing out in America. So And, and, then, um, and then, you know, just, just to throw this also into the mix, there, I believe it was uh, two Olympics prior to that, the Summer Olympics, the controversial gold medal game between the USSR and the USA, which the U.S. lost by one point, and that was sort of controversial. So you've got all this... All these both political things and athletic things coming into the coming to the fore, and so the fact that uh, the U.S. hockey team pulled this major upset that just kind of added to yeah. a great. It was so much more than a sporting event. It was. It, it, was. it really was a, a, a shot in uh, morale. I'm just looking over a, a couple of notes. It was on March 21st, 1980, when it was confirmed uh, that we were going to boycott. Uh, so we were still in consideration, still but it was already, it was, it. yeah, it was, it was talk and it was, you know, a big deal because when that talk was coming, you know, the, the Olympics was in Lake Placid, New York. So the Olympics were in, in the States, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was news when, when the uh, Soviet team landed, you know, and they, got, they decided to come because, you know, when they heard we were boycotting, you know, well, are they going to come? Yeah. For this, they and then they, they did they, land. They saved their boycott for the summer. They saved their boycott for <laughs> L.A., which yeah. 
that's did, right. Yeah, uh, four years later. That's four right. years that's later, right. which you know, it's kind of like what we're talking now uh, about Deflate Gate and things yes. like that. It is going to kind of taint the image, yeah. you know, whether you have a victory or not. Uh, and I think that did really have an impact later on. But you look at what was playing out here, you know, what sort of historical impact that it would have. Yeah, it led to a boycott there. But uh, you mentioned Afghanistan. You know, it's you could see kind of this was the early stages of different events that were going to be uh, uh, playing out there. Yeah. So that was March 21st when the when it was official. Yeah. So we were still considering that. But it, it was still, yeah. it was still part of the context. Yeah, of it was it was still part of the context that led to that cathartic. I mean, even even if you didn't follow sports, it was a cathartic moment for a lot of people. Uh, I was in college in Boston. A lot of the team, several of the team members were from Boston. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I I enjoy live sports. I don't follow mm-hmm. sports. I remember being in my room and some other events had been on, and the hockey came on. And for some reason, I must have been folding laundry. And I got wrapped up in this game. And when they won, I was jumping up and down. I remember this. And hearing the cheers in my dorm from the street, I mean, it was, I mean, talk about national pride. I mean, it was, it was a big moment. It was. We needed this. Yeah, it was November 4th uh, when the hostages were taken. So we already were going through that. And now there was something else that we were going through. And people, a lot of people were not on board with Jimmy Carter's decision to boycott uh, the Olympics. NBC had millions invested in this. Saturday Night Live, imagine this. This was 1980. The original cast was stepping down in June, but they were negotiating to do Saturday Night Live from Red Square. And oh. they won, and they already had at least John Belushi on board to join them. And Lauren Michaels had written later on, I said, can you imagine live from Red Square, it's Saturday night? So they were already going to do an SNL live from Moscow when uh, this you know, was playing out. So uh, Network, you know, NBC at that time, because you always associated ABC back then yeah, with that, Olympics. That, that was the first. Yeah. Of and yeah, that was the first time NBC was to telecast the Olympics. And yeah, and, and they didn't. And they <laughs> didn't. That was, you know, negotiating with the Russians to do that to do a live broadcast. That was huge. I mean, you look at Soji now uh, in the last uh, Winter Olympics. Uh, but you know, can you imagine that was? But their first huge. one was '84, which the U.S. won everything. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. virtually everything. And uh, and you know, yeah, you did have people like uh, Mary Lou Retton come out yeah. of that one, and I think Ben Johnson. I think the names uh, coming to mind. But we were looking at that summer games in Los Angeles. All of our victories. It's like, oh, this would have been a little bit more challenging if the and Russians the were here. So there was always that little bit that would play out, and uh, you know, where, uh, let's say, in you know, 1976. Remember Bruce Jenner when he was a guy? Uh, you know, you, you, you Bruce look at Jenner it, before he was the father of the Kardashians. Mm. Yes, <laughs> lifetime ago. You, you know, you yeah. had you, you you know you had you know people like that who would go into broadcasting, do commercial endorsements, stuff like that. And I think you know the the 84 people. Uh, you know, Mary Lou Retton was just adorable, and she was going to be Mary Lou Retton. Mm-hmm. But great yeah. haircut. Yes. You know, you had all these people that I think, oh, yeah, you were in that one. You know, it was you <laughs> were not you were the backdrop of world events 
Back overshadowed in, what was going on exactly, on the field. Exactly. And and yeah, but this was this was a shot in our morale and it's one of the you had to be there. You have to be, you know, old enough to remember when this happened because uh yeah, the patriotism was a, a little different in this post Vietnam era. Yes. Uh I would say that we were patriotic during the bicentennial. And well, I would say this is good patriotism. I think this yes, was very good patriotism because I think, you know, what was happening between uh, Vietnam. As opposed to faux patriotism. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think what was happening between uh, Vietnam and Watergate, our patriotism was changing. Yeah. I don't think patriotism went away. I think our patriotism was very alive and well and horribly say, merchandised I, during the bicentennial. I would say this was the last of the authentic patriotism. Yeah. Because the bicentennial was more Madison Avenue than, you know, uh, patriotism, I think, a lot. And uh, I think by the time July 4th came around, most Americans were sick of it because everything was red, white, and blue. And it uh, continued through December 31st. Yeah. and uh, But then you have Although something... I, I, I like the bicentennial minutes. The bicent- I think That's they were so brilliant, I. and I, I wish... You know, uh, there would be more stuff like that because that was great, uh, except for we ran out of celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, but, and, but, but, but again, you know, they, I, think, I think that was – and we'll get back on topic in just a second. But I think, I think that was supposed to go July 4, 74 to July 4, 76, but they continued to the end of 76. Yeah, yeah. They did, and then um, well, like the last one aired December thirty first, seventy six, and uh, and uh, on on July fourth, um, nineteen seventy six, uh, the celebrity was Gerald Ford, the president of the United States, yes. and so it, it did. You know that it would have been a great end there. Another but, another president who lost his president because of an unpopular decision. Yeah, and uh, I but think one he made for the good of the country. Yes, so I think a lot of stuff there. I think the views and things were changing. Uh, and I think being redefined, and like I said, I think uh, the the bicentennial as a whole meant every bit of merchandise you bought was red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And I think people, you know, at a certain point there was overload. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this happened, and it was a genuine moment where you had this sense of pride, and it was when you were up against somebody who was really scary. Now you also have to remember, we talked about the Russians pushing the button and dropping the big one as if it was an eventuality, not a possibility. It wasn't if they do it. No, it is when they do it. And that influenced a lot of our popular culture, movies. A lot of people who are listening tonight are of an age to remember bomb shelters. Yes. Yeah. Hiding under your desk. Air raid drills. Thank you. Air raid drills. Yeah, some of us do remember that. Yeah, if you're of that generation, I think, you know, Michael Moore uh, even had uh, on one of his TV shows, you know, he he grew up being told the Russians have a missile pointed at Flint, Michigan. Yeah. And, of course, you know, when he had his own show, he when they went to Russia, he said, yeah, I want to see that missile that's pointed <laughs> that was pointed at, you know, and, of course, you know, part of it was just, you know, the, the propaganda that he grew sure. up with. But you look at every TV show from, you know, I would say from the early 60s all the way up, even uh, until the end of the Cold War. How many times did they have a Russian? The Russians were in Mayberry. Yeah. 
Uh, the Russians landed on Gilligan's Island the at Russians least. The Russians were on Cocoa Beach. Yeah, the Russians were on Cocoa Beach. But how many times did, the, did you have a, a, a Russian invasion of Gilligan's Island? Cosmonauts landed. Uh, the ghost, who was a Russian spy, and then they even they even, even when they did the, the reunion movie, the first two. They yeah, the, yes. the Russians. But remember, the Russians even had one of their agents have plastic surgery to look like Gilligan right. to invade, and it was one of the best scores for a, a, one of a Gilligan's. They had a great you know theme song, but you had Gilligan chasing Gilligan. And so to make the distinction between which Gilligan was which, they each had their own music. And you had, when you see it, you know, it's like the Russian Gilligan is running, you know, trying to get to his boat. And it's like, dun, 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 Bob Denver was probably thrilled that he didn't have to change clothes, but it was just, you know, but you had to make you each one. And I mean, it was beautifully scored. But every, yeah, Cocoa Beach, I think everybody possible... They they had you know the enemy, uh, and then as we're getting into the eighties, it's like oh wow, there are people just like us. You know they're not that bad. And then of course you know you, oh look at that Hollywood propaganda. It shifted. But I think different strokes and everybody. Night Court had a couple of things. Uh, Barney Miller had a couple of things uh, where you would have you know this this Russian threat, this Russian menace uh, that would play out. So I mean this was a time where it was very scary as far as far as that's concerned. But anyway, yeah, so when you see a legitimate victory, this is not a, a character in a movie or a TV show. You see the American team beat the Russian team. And These it, young, it, mostly college-age guys yeah, this beat was, the enemy. Yeah, yeah, and in a sporting event, and uh, people would go, yeah, this is... This is how we resolve our differences. Yes. This uh, this means something. Yeah, and uh, like I said, you had to be there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Yes. We're remembering the 40th anniversary of the miracle on ice, along with Tony Figaro and Donna Allen, as part of this week in TV history. We'll carry over our conversation with Tony and Donna into our second hour. Then we will welcome Joan Van Ark of Knott's Landing. All that and more coming up in hour number two of T. TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Michelle Nichols. Adrienne Barbeau. Leonard Maltin. Joyce Bulletin. Peter Onorati. Judy Norton. Robert Wagner. Robert Hook. Lee Purcell. Julie Bass. Rhonda Shear. Michelle Lee. Jacqueline Smith. Lou Antonio. Shirley Jones. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. Enter the coupon code CONFIDENTIAL when you sign up, and you'll receive $5 off your first month's membership. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a confidant. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential Podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click subscribe now. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. 
illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.